listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. The reason that you saw that in the title today, uh, I'm dealing with reject this stupid mindset, immediately reject this stupid mindset. Um, One of the things that uh, we need to understand right from the outset of the year I mean, it was January 2nd, we're starting the fast, we're praying, but what we need to understand from the very beginning is we need to have a concept of how God progresses his people. Is it automatic? Is it something, is it not even something he promises? Because here's the deal. I've been, I've been seeing things, you know, everybody starts posting on social media, especially at the beginning of the year and starts posting their thoughts on the year, all that stuff. And I've seen some posts from people who are Holy Ghost filled. They're supposed to be in faith and, and, and standing for, to see the victory. And I don't understand where they're coming from. These are people that know the word of God, even ministers that know the word of God that should understand and should know better, but are posting things that are, are truly not scriptural and It's not just that they're not scriptural. They are dangerous because they will keep you from receiving what God has planned for you in 2021. And by the way, he does have good things planned for you in 2021. He has good things planned for you in 2021. In fact, just start by saying that today in the comments. He has good things for me in 2021. He has good things for me in 2021. And, um, I was looking through some of these posts on social media and it blows my mind. You know, you got people posting stuff, you know, well, you know, God never promised that every year would get better. I saw I saw that today. God never promised in his word that every year would get better. Sometimes years get worse, but we still trust him. You know, uh, talking about, you know, he promised us trials and tribulations. Okay. And so this is the mindset some people have reject this stupid mindset at the beginning of the year. And I'm going to show you why from the Bible, because apparently they've not seen this concept in the scripture. So I'm going to give it to you today so that you don't ever think like that, that you don't ever have that same type of mindset that I've seen these people posting on social media, that God didn't promise us that every year would get better than the last. You got to re- realize and recognize sometimes things get worse and we just got to keep trusting him. Understand something. The Bible, God's plan for you is that you get greater and greater. Things go better and better with you. It's not, it's not like God has specific years picked out in your life sovereignly. I'm going to bless them in 2020. I'm going to bless them in 2027. And I think I'm going to bless them in 2031. But for all the other years, they're either going to maintain or they're going to lose ground. It's like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? That's not the God you serve. And that's not how he operates. And so I'm going to show you from scripture. We're going to look into the word of God and recognize and realize God's plan for you is that you get 
uh, greater and greater, better and better in this new year of 2021. And every year has nothing to do with the actual number. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, well, it's 2021 must be my year to run because it rhymes. No, (laughs) every year, every year is a better year than the last if you're the faithful. So I want you to catch this with me. Uh, We're going to begin in, um, let's actually begin in Matthew chapter 11. That's where we're going to start. Matthew chapter 11. And um, for those of you that think that it's, you know, it's not God's plans, for some reason, people think that God wants, wants to take you through trials and tribulations. And we then need to define what are trials and tribulations. Because the Bible does say, in this life, you will experience afflictions or trials, tribulations. What are those? It's important to define that because if you don't properly define it, you'll take any negative experience in life and then just attribute it to trials and tribulations that were promised as believers, brother. So what does it mean? Let's define it. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Jesus told his disciples, you will be hated all over the world for my name's sake. And so when we deal with trials or tribulations, God is not taking us through or putting us through the things that Jesus has already redeemed us from. Okay, let's, let's define, let's define that. And then we'll talk about what it means that you'll be hated and that many are the afflictions of the righteous. First of all, people go through calamity, tragedy. And when they do, if they don't have a proper uh, understanding of a scripture, they will attribute those tragedies to God. Well, God's in control. He knows what he's doing in all this. He knows what he's doing and all. we'll understand it better by and by, you know? And so if they get sick, well, I know God's got a greater purpose in this. If they're, if they go broke, if they have financial crises, then that, well, you know, God knows what he's doing. You know, if they have issues, anything that's hurtful that Christ came to redeem you from, then they say, well, you know, many are the afflictions. They blame it on God or on Christ. That's not what the Bible's teaching. The Bible's not teaching that, you know, because uh, I mean, what's the point? What's the point of Jesus redeeming you if his redemptive power d- is not functional in the earth. The Bible says, Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8, he said, physical exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable in every way, holding promise in the life to come and in this life. So godliness, a life of pleasing God, holds promise in this life. There are benefits to doing what the Bible teaches to do in this life, not later. Cause you know, there, there's always those people. Well, you know, the reason we have redemption is to get into heaven. Yes, but that's not it. It affects us now. It affects us now. Do you think, let me ask you a question. Do you think you need peace that passes all understanding when you get to heaven? 
You think, you think you're going to be up in heaven and there's just going to be so many, so much turmoil that God's going to say, don't forget to use that peace that passes all understanding I gave you. You won't need peace that passes all understanding when you get to heaven. You won't need to access joy like a fountain, that the joy of the Lord will become your strength. You won't need to access it because there won't be depression in heaven. There won't be fear in heaven. There's not going to be sickness in heaven. Do you need divine healing in heaven? No, you don't need it then. You won't, because the, the evils of this world that entered into the world via sin will no longer be in existence. They'll all be destroyed. So you won't need divine healing when you get to heaven. You won't need peace when you get to heaven. You won't need joy when you get to heaven. You need them now. And part of your redemption, it's not just being saved and getting into heaven. It's so that you can access the goodness of God now. What did Jesus teach his disciples to pray in Matthew chapter six? Lord, give us this day our daily bread. But look what he said. He said, pray like this. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So right there, you can see there's a synchronization of what's happening in heaven with what's happening on the earth. Is there sickness in heaven? No. Okay. Manifest that truth on the earth. How do we do that? Lay your, they'll lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's scripture. And so anything that poses a, a contradiction to your covenant can be destroyed by the power of God. Chantel, the, the stupid mindset, if you're logging on late, is the mindset that God doesn't necessarily have a desire for you to increase every year or for you to be blessed or for every year to be greater than the last. That sometimes, you know, it'll get worse and worse, but we still trust in the Lord. It's not what the Bible teaches. It's not what the Bible teaches. Anything that contradicts your covenant can be destroyed by the power of God. Anything that contradicts your covenant can be destroyed by the power of God. Sickness contradicts your covenant. Fear, a spirit of fear contradicts your covenant. Depression contradicts your covenant. All of these things that try to come against you. They contradict your covenant. Poverty contradicts your covenant. It contradicts your covenant. God gave you a way to increase financially. Contradicts your covenant. If it contradicts my covenant, it can be destroyed by the power of God. And how do I access the power of God? By actions of obedience to his word, taking authority. And so I want you to see it. We're starting in Matthew chapter 11. And this is the words of Jesus, by the way, we're starting with what Jesus said. I, I know that because if you start in the Old Testament, you're like, well, here he goes, quoting Old Testament scriptures again out of context. Let's talk about Jesus then. Let's talk about what Jesus said. Listen to this. The Bible says in uh, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Look at that. I'll give you what? Rest. It's red letter words. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. You say you'll be depressed in soul. You'll be anxious in soul. You'll find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy. And my burden 
is light. It's not heavy. You say, well, if you think living for the, for the world was hard, come live for me and I'll show you how hard it is. No. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Not harder than living apart from me, apart from my yoke. It's easy and my burden's light. Faith makes things easy. You can see that all through scripture, Old Testament and New Testament. Old Testament, New Testament. Faith doesn't just make it possible. Faith makes it easy. Amen. And so understand something. The desire of the Lord is that you steadily increase. It is that every day, every year, every month is better than the last. That is God's plan. And I'll take you through the scripture and show you that today. Uh, I'll start with a, a verse. Of course, what you just saw Jesus say, my yoke is what? Easy. And my burden is light. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Proverbs chapter four. Um, listen to this. But the path of the righteous. Who's blowing up my comment section with 19 paragraph comments? Sylvia, what in the world are you doing? Pay attention to what's going on or go somewhere else. Proverbs 4.18, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. What shines brighter and brighter? The path of the righteous. The path of the righteous. I want you to put it in the comments. My path is getting brighter. My path is getting brighter. That's your confession today. My path is getting brighter. Let me ask you a question. Is your path getting brighter if you had a good 2020, but then you went bankrupt in 2021? You have a brighter path? Is that a brighter path? No. You had full health in 2020, and now in 2021, you've been diagnosed with an incurable disease. Is that a brighter path? No. It's not a brighter path. The path of the righteous is a shining light or the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter. See, your path is getting brighter. And it doesn't happen automatically. People act like because someone had a tragedy that God's word's not true. This is the age-old mistake that everybody makes. They point to an individual's tragedy and say, see, because of what so-and-so's dealing with, that can't be what that means because they're a Christian. What makes you think it's automatic? By the way, there were no Christians when this was written. This is Old Testament. It's just talking about godly people, people that follow after God and his commands. So you can't point at somebody's tragedy and say, well, see that because of so-and-so. You know, it's, it's, like, it's like, for example, uh, Dr. Miles Monroe died in a plane crash in his private jet. And so people will look at something like that and say, well, see, Dr. Miles Monroe, who's a powerful man of God, and he died in a plane crash. See, I don't think it's right that we sit around and confess that, you know, my plane can't crash and that I have divine protection. Here's a man of God that he, he preached the, the word and he was, he was going to a conference and his private plane crashed on the way and he died with his, some of his kids. And a, 
Yes, very sad. A tragedy for sure. But what you don't know many times is the behind the scenes. What you don't know is that they were instructed not to fly, that it was too windy for a small plane to come in, and they shouldn't be flying, that they should wait. And he said, no, we're going anyway. And so the Holy Spirit will warn you, people will warn you, and and faith does not exempt you from using wisdom. And so you people use tragedies like that. So see, his plane crashed and he died. And you see what I mean? His plane crashed and he died. So I guess I guess I guess we can't claim divine. Uh, I guess we can't claim divine protection, because look look what happened to him. That's not how you define your theology. You don't define your theology by someone's tragedy. Put it in the comments and remember it for the rest of your life. I don't define my theology by someone else's tragedy. You don't do that. That is a sure way to make sure that you don't live in victory. Well, I guess, I guess, uh, you know, it blows my mind when somebody comes and trust me, I'm saying this with all compassion for people that have dealt with tragedy, but I want to say it harshly and clearly so that you understand the principle. If somebody comes up to me and says, well, I I just don't know because so-and-so died of this or that, and they were one of the godliest people I know. Oh, really? Well, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that they were the word of God. They're not the word of God. Someone's life and someone's experience is not the word of God. So for example, what, let, let's take it to the, cause here's where people always see it clearly. Let's take it to the arena of sin. Let's say you had a preacher who falls into sin, then backslides and stops serving the Lord. Are you going to point to that person and say, see, that shows you that, you know, God can't keep you in, in righteousness and that, you know, everybody it has nothing to do with my story. That's their story. And that's not the word of God. That person's life is not the word of God. The word of God is the word of God. So you say, well, because I see that there's sick Christians, that must mean God's not a healer. It's not what it means. It's not by any stretch of the imagination what it means. It means that everything we receive is received by faith. And we have to appropriate the promises of God for ourselves. That's all it means. That's all it means. That would be like saying, that'd be like saying this. uh, There's five of us sitting at a table and in the center of the table, somebody had cooked a ham. Why do I immediately go to food illustrations on the fast? Always. Someone cooked a honey ham and it's there sliced in the center of the table and there's five of us at the table and every other person, all other four besides myself, lean in with the knife and fork and pull their pieces of ham onto their plate. And then I look down at my plate and say, well, there's no ham on my plate. I guess it's just not God's will for me to have any ham. No, you didn't reach your fork and knife out and take your pieces and put it on your plate. You have to appropriate the promises. God's already cooked the blessing. He's already plated the blessing. He's already put it on the table. And now you reach out by faith and take it. You can't say, well, I guess because there's no ham on my plate, it's not God's will for me to have ham. No, the ham's in front of you. Reach out and take it. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, the Bible says you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. There are no more blessings to be blessed with. You've got them all. 
including healing, including deliverance, including joy, including peace, including financial blessing. All of them are yours. There are no more blessings to be blessed with. No more. It's just that your faith must now take hold of them and appropriate them in your life. That's how it works. I don't define my theology by someone else's tragedy. That's a a, a clear way to lose everything God has planned for you is to discount his word because somebody else didn't experience the benefits of his word. A foolish thing to do. A stupid mindset. Well, we, we can't say 2021 is going to be better than 2020. I can say it for the faithful because I know how God works. I know how he operates. Brings you to increase. He always brings you to increase. He always brings you to increase. Always. And so we're getting it out of the way on the first day of the fast, because here's the deal. If he doesn't do that, and if he just sovereignly picks and chooses which years are going to be good and which will be bad and which will suffer and which will be blessed, what's the point of praying? What's the point of fasting? What's the point of study? What's the point of dedication? What's the point of consecration? We might as well just sit back and eat and not pray and not read the word and coast through life seeing what life's going to serve us up on a platter. I mean, if that is truly how it works, then what's the point of us doing anything? We might as well not do anything. And I've been preaching it through the year in 2020. And the Lord said, everywhere you go, read Isaiah chapter three and don't preach a message. Just deliver this word to my people. Say unto the righteous, Isaiah 3.10, say unto the righteous, it shall be well with them. But why? For they shall eat the fruit of their deeds. Hallelujah. Notice what caused it to be well with the righteous. Let me go back there just to show you. Before we go to Proverbs, uh, other places in Proverbs that I was going to show you. Let me just deal with that real quick. Because Isaiah 3.10. Notice the way that it's worded by the prophet and inspired by the Holy Spirit. Tell the righteous. It shall be well with them, for they shall eat the fruit of their deeds. You know what that means? At seed time and harvest in action. You did something that proved your righteousness, that aligned with God's word, that was based upon God's commands. And now because you did, you're going to eat the fruit. What's the fruit? It'll be well with you. That's the fruit. That's the harvest. That's the harvest. It shall be well with the righteous. Why? They'll eat the fruit of their deeds. What you did in dedication to the Lord is going to produce a harvest. Everything is seed time and harvest. It's not random. It's not sovereign. It's not a lottery. God's looking for the faithfulness of his people. And when he sees their faithfulness, he gives them the blessing that he has planned. God's not moved by needs. He's moved by faith. Say unto the righteous, it shall be what, not it might, it will. It will be well with them. They'll eat the fruit of their deeds. I have no plans to decrease in 2021. (laughs) Put it in the comments. I have no plans to decrease. I have no plans to decrease. None. Not in 2021, not in 2022, not in 2023. I have no plans to decrease in this new year because by my faith, by my dedication, by my consecration to God's word, I will see increase. I will be blessed. 
you will be blessed. Faithfulness brings the blessing. It does. You know, and you talk like that. Yeah, the wicked will fall into their own pit. That's exactly right. But you talk like that and people act like you're arrogant. They act like you're arrogant. Oh, well, excuse me. I guess you just determine what happens in the universe. No, God already determined it. And then he created a system whereby I can access his goodness. I didn't determine the system. God determined the system. I didn't come up with the the methods and the methodology. God did. He's the master. I'm his servant. I enter into his system. That's, that's, as dumb, that's as dumb as saying, I'm going to walk into that restaurant and get a meal. Oh, well, excuse me. I guess just anybody that walks into a restaurant can just get a meal. Yes, that's the system. They built a restaurant where they cook food. You come in and sit down and pay for that. That's your seed. Guess what the harvest is? Your meal. It's like, well, excuse me. I guess you can just determine what buildings serve meals. No, they determined it. I'm just coming in on their system and reaping the benefit of what they do. Same in life. God determined the system, not me. It's not arrogant to say God's word is true. That's not arrogant. That's faith. Faith declares God's word is true and then acts on it. And then you eat the fruit of your deeds. I'm back to food again. What is going on? Eat the fruit of your deeds. And so understand something. Say unto the righteous, it shall be well with them. And they'll eat the fruit of their deeds. You see that? God determined the system, not us. We're just obedient to the system. And as a result, guess what? We shall be blessed. And this year is going to be a year of increase for God's people. It's going to be a a year of blessing for God's people, for the faithful. I'm talking about the faithful. Just because you call yourself a Christian doesn't make, mean you take actions of obedience to the word. Talk is cheap. Where's your action? Where's your action? And so let's, let's, uh, let's look at Proverbs again. I'm going to give you a few more. Actually, let me take you to Proverbs 9.10. Listen to this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Proverbs 9, 10. Now here's where I'm giving you this. The reason I'm going to give you this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Okay. So if we understand what, let me ask you a question because people mess this up. What is the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord is a reverential awe that obeys what he says. That's what the fear of the Lord is. A reverential awe that obeys what he says. We defer to him in all things because we fear him. They live in a way that they prove they fear God. So if the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, that means that wisdom is displayed by obedience to God's commands. That's a point that I want you to get very clearly and put it in the comments. Wisdom is displayed through obedience to God's commands. Write it down. Write it in the comments. Wisdom is displayed by obedience to God's commands. And that's important that we catch that. Very important. 
Wisdom is displayed by obedience to God's commands. Okay, so now that we know that, let's ask ourselves a question. What happens when I live in wisdom? What happens when I live in wisdom? That's the question now. Because now that we know what wisdom truly is, what's its effect on your life? Let's look. Uh, Now back in Proverbs chapter 3. And I'm going to read you verses 13 through 17. Proverbs 3, verses 13 through 17. Listen to this. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom. Okay, stop there. What did we just define wisdom as? It's the fear of the Lord. It's the fear of the Lord. It's obedience to his commands. So blessed is the one who finds wisdom, the person who starts to fear the Lord and obey his word. There's a blessing, according to scripture, that follows that action. It's not random. Once again, what's going to happen to you in 2021 will not be random. It will not be random. Just like, just in, in the same way that our ministry and my life and many of your lives didn't have to follow the ebb and flow of 2020, For many people in the world, it was the worst year they'd ever had, not for the faithful. Hear this. My life was not the same. If you looked at a chart and you saw a graph of how the year went for people, and then you looked at a chart of how the year went for us, those lines would not match at all. When you saw the nation take a downturn, our ministry didn't take a downturn. My life didn't take one. Your life didn't take one. So if you looked at those two things in a graph chart, they wouldn't match. You wouldn't be able to say, see that as the uh, economy dropped and as the, uh, as things shut down and all things, see how their life dropped and see how their business dropped along with it to match the curve. Didn't match the curve. My life didn't match the curve. This ministry didn't match the curve. Your life, your business didn't match the curve. I've got your testimonies in the comments section as the world got worse and worse, the faithful got better and better because we it's, it has nothing to do with the ebb and flow of the natural world. It has to do with, are you faithful to obey God's word? Amen. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom. Look at this. And the one who gets understanding. Now let me stop there because what is understanding? The Bible says in Psalm 119 and verse 130, the entrance of your words gives light and gives understanding to the simple. So once again, just in this 13th verse, we're talking about people who fear the Lord, people who obey his word, people who obey his commands. And here, The one who gets understanding, who is that? The person who has encountered or has had an encounter with the word of God. That's what it means. That's what Psalm 119 and verse 130 says. The entrance of your word brings light and gives understanding to the simple. So the one who finds wisdom and gains understanding is the one who fears the Lord, uh, receives the word and obeys the word. Now let's look at what happens. Verse 14, for the gain from her is better. Yes, I am saying that, Josh. Justin, so are you saying all the churches, ministries, nonprofits who took major financial hits this year weren't faithful, weren't fearful of the Lord? I'm saying that you, they, they obviously weren't led by the spirit or made wrong choices because you can't make a case from scripture 
that if you're obedient to the Lord, Old Testament or new, you can't make a case. And I'm going to show that to you from scripture today. That's the whole point of this broadcast. You can't make a case from scripture that people who are led by the spirit and doing what the Lord's asked them to do and not deviating from his plan are going to decrease. God doesn't operate like that. You'd have to think God was a total idiot for that to be the case. And that's what I'm reading to you in Proverbs chapter three. You'd have to think God was a total fool and not omniscient. You'd have to think he was completely off his rocker and didn't have any knowledge of the future to be able to lead you and then lead you into decrease. And if that's what you believe about God, let me introduce you to the God of the Bible. Because that's exactly what he teaches. And that's what I'm going over all these verses today for. If you decrease, if you continue to diminish, if you continue to get worse and worse and worse, you're missing the mark. You're not, you're not following the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible teaches. It's not what I'm saying. It's what the Bible says. And I'm showing you that today from scripture. Look at verse three, talking about now obeying his word, fearing the Lord. Look at verse 14. The gain from her is better than gain from silver and profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels. Nothing you can desire can compare to her. Long life is in her right hand and in her left hand, riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. (laughs) You can't get around that. You can't get around the scripture. If you operate in wisdom, which is the fear of the Lord and his understanding from scripture, then guess what? You'll have long life, riches and honor, and you'll have ways of pleasantness and your paths will be peaceful paths, not paths full of turmoil, peaceful paths. He leads me beside still waters. You you get that? Still waters, that's peaceful places, makes me to lie down in green pastures. It's exactly what I'm saying. Look at Psalm one. I mean, let's go back to Psalm one and see what the Bible says about the righteous. We just saw what it said about the righteous, uh, in, in Proverbs three, never ending blessing. Proverbs four path. The path of the righteous is like the gleam of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, Psalm one. And by the way, every ministry that I've had contact with this year. And I have contact with a lot of ministries, a lot. Every ministry that stayed faithful, that didn't follow the um, propaganda being spewed by the world, that stayed faithful, stayed in their vision, stayed doing what God called them to do, had a greater year than they've ever had. Had increase, even with, literally, even during the months of the, the shutdown, the lockdown, the pandemic, Every ministry that I've had contact with has all reported the same thing, that they've had a better year in every way. So I'm just telling you, God's word is true. Look at Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked or stands in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of scoffers but his delight is in the law of the Lord. That's the word of God. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Now look at the blessings. He's like a tree 
planted by streams of water that bears fruit in its season. Its leaves do not wither. And in all that he does, he prospers. So if you don't believe what I'm saying, just tear Psalm 1 out of your Bible, crumple it up, and throw it in the garbage can. Crumple up and tear out Proverbs 3 and 4. Crumple up Psalm 112. Crumple up Isaiah 40 and Isaiah 48. I mean, I could go through. Crumple up Matthew 11. Crumple up Matthew 6. Throw them in the garbage can. Because obviously, if those things aren't true, then the Word of God's not true. (laughs) It's funny to me that when people throughout the Bible were faithful to the Lord, God didn't bless them with decrease. Let me read it again. Bears fruit in this season. His leaf does not wither. That's diminishing. That's lack. That's going in. Diminishing and lack. I want you to put it in the comments. My leaves will not wither in 2021. I will not wither in 2021. I will not wither in 2021. And in all that he does, he prospers. In all that he does. Not in some of the things that he does. In all that he does. In whatever he sets his hand to do. It's exactly true, LaJoy. LaJoy makes an excellent point in the comments on Facebook. Unfortunately, it's sometimes easier for people to blame decrease or destruction on God's sovereignty rather than admit that they missed it somewhere in their obedience. And I agree with her completely. Because that's what the average person, who wants to admit I'm wrong? It would, it, it's better to, it, obviously for your ego, for your pride to say, God wanted me to go through this. <laughs> it's easier to say that, but it's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches people that are faithful to his word and are led by his spirit are led into increase. There's no way to get around what the Bible teaches. No way to get around it. Let's, okay, we read Psalm 1. Let's go to Psalm 112 and hear what the, the Bible says. Praise the Lord. I'm in verse 1. Psalm 112, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Didn't we just define that? What is the fear of the Lord? The beginning of wisdom. That is obedience, reverential awe, obedience to his commands. See that? Blessed is the man, not cursed, not diminishing is the man. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord and greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house. Whose house? The one who fears the Lord. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Hallelujah. The Bible says at the end of this chapter, the wicked will see it and get angry, gnash their teeth, and melt away. It'll be so evident that wicked people will be able to see it, and they'll get angry about it. God doesn't lead you into decrease. He doesn't cause you to diminish. It's not not how he functions. It's not how he functions. 
Thank you, Ben. Isaiah 48. Let's go to Isaiah 48. I'm just giving you the verses so that you have your own ammunition for when somebody pulls this crazy argument out of their whatever. Because I'm just letting you know, it doesn't, the Bible doesn't teach it. It's not in, you know, God never planned that every year would get better. He didn't? What in the world is going on with all these scriptures I'm reading you? Explain this. Isaiah 48. Thus says the Lord. For verse 17. Isaiah 48, 17. Thus says the Lord. Not some man, not some church, not some politician. Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, your Redeemer. I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit. P-R-O-F-I-T. To profit. Somebody just for posterity's sake, for anybody that may log on to the broadcast, somebody go to dictionary.com, copy and paste the uh, definition of profit and put it in the comments. Because I'm sure there's going to be people that will get in on the comments, even when I'm not live, they'll come back and watch the replay and say, well, brother, what, you know, profit, what he's actually talking about there. If you're talking, if you're talking about profit, he's actually going to put it in and just copy paste it. For everybody that's going to log on later and try to argue about what it means to profit. Who leads you in the way that you should go. So again, there's a way, there's many ways you could go and there's one way you should go. Jessica Burton, profit, Christina Garcia. Learn to financial gain, especially the difference between the amount earned and the amount spent in buying, operating or producing something. Financial gain, especially the difference. See that? They're all putting it in now. To profit. To go into a place of gain. You see that? Not decrease, increase. Increase. You see it. God doesn't take you to a place where you lose out, that you go into the red. He keeps you in the black. Financial gain. God takes you, he teaches you to profit, to profit and lead you. So what's this scripture verse saying? If you will follow his way, he's leading you in the way you should go. So, well, brother, if you, uh, if you actually are breaking this down in context, he's talking to his Old Testament people of Israel. This is not really for Christians. Oh, really? So explain what Paul then is talking about in Romans chapter 8, because he's, he's writing to the church in Rome, and he says in verse 14, all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So apparently, it didn't stop at the children of Israel. Apparently, in New Testament Christianity, you have the ability to be led by the Spirit of God. In fact, I want you to write it. I can be led by the Spirit of God. I can be led by the Spirit of God. Listen to this. Now, again, this is Jesus. Jesus is speaking here. John 16, verse 13. Gospel of John 16, 
Verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, and by the way, he already came. It's called the day of Pentecost. This was written before the day of Pentecost. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears from the Father, he will speak. He will declare to you <laughs> things that are to come. So if God, who knows all things, is using the Holy Spirit to lead and guide his children, listen to me. If you believe then, that he uses the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you into decrease or into being destroyed or into losing out, then the only thing that you can surmise from that deduction, from that uh, thought process, is that God doesn't love you. He doesn't love you. Imagine me as a father. I blindfold my child. I blindfold my child. And uh, I create this uh, piece of plywood where I hammered 200 sharp nails. And I put that on one side of the room and I put like candy and presents on the other side. And I said, all right, I'm blindfolding you. You don't know where to go because you don't know the future, but I'm going to, you listen to my voice and I'm going to guide you. And I tell my little child, okay, now walk to the right, keep walking to the right. I'm taking them away from the presents and the, and, and the gifts and the candy. I'm walking them towards the plywood with the nails in it. Keep going to the right. That's right. Keep going to the right. Yep, that's right. Now, now jump forward. I have them jump out onto the plywood boards filled with sharp nails poking out the top until they fall down onto it and puncture their skin on all those nails. You cannot then say, well, you know, he loves his child because, you know, he's, he's really just teaching them the pains of life. No, it would have child protective services come and take my children away from me because I would be an evil, uh, torturous child abuser. And so if you truly, and here's what the problem, the average person does not think logically. They can't take their thoughts or the things that they posit or the things that they say, the average person for some reason has no way, no ability to think those things out to the nth degree of, uh, of veracity. They just don't have the ability to do it. Uh, if I don't know why they don't do it. I've talked to multiple people about this. It's like people don't even believe what they say they believe because you couldn't, there's no way that you're just going to pull a Christian who would post something like that on Facebook. You won't pull a Christian aside and say, Hey, would you just agree with me? I mean, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? God's a torturous child abuser. Like, no, God's not a torturous child. They wouldn't agree with that statement. They wouldn't agree with that statement. But then the things they post on Facebook, the things they say out of their mouth, take it to the end of the logic of what you believe. And you actually do believe that God's a torturous child abuser because we read all these verses in the Bible about the fact that he leads us and he guides us. He's our great shepherd. He takes us where he wants us to go. He shows us the way, but then at the end of his leading and guiding, he's going to take us into decrease in 2021. He's going to take us into hurt in 2021. He's going to take us into problems in 2021. So either there, there can only be a few things that, that are actually true. Either number one, you don't believe God knows the future. And that's why he somehow 
accidentally led us into hurt. He accidentally led us into a place where we diminish. So that there's one belief that for a reason people would post something like that or believe or say something. They actually don't believe God knows the future, doesn't know all things. They don't believe in an omniscient God because that's the only explanation. Well, no, because if they say, no, he loves us. He loves us unconditionally. Oh, really? So if he loves us, but he's still leading us into a place of hurt or destruction, then he didn't know it was there, did he? Because if he truly loves us, why would he have led us there if it would bring our destruction or cause us to diminish? So they, by default, they don't believe he knows the future. Okay, but if they do believe he knows the future, he knows all things and he's leading us. And he's, then you have to believe that God sometimes wants to hurt his children. And there are Christians who believe that. Well, you know, I believe God put this cancer on me for a reason. Oh, you do? That's the kind of God you serve. The God who puts cancers into his children to teach them a lesson. Do you think that the government would be okay with it if I took a syringe filled with disease and injected all three of my kids today? Do you think our corrupt, wicked government would be okay with that? Or do you think they would take my children from me after I injected all three of them with a disease, a deadly disease? And listen, our government's corrupt. It's wicked. It's wicked. And they still, in the midst of their slimy wickedness, would not be okay with me as a father injecting my children with sicknesses and diseases that would kill them. So let me ask you a question. If our wicked government wouldn't even be okay with that, what makes you think our God in heaven would be okay with putting wicked things into the bodies or lives of his children. In fact, Jesus makes this point in Matthew 7. Makes this point and says, you earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more does your heavenly father know how to give good gifts to those that ask him? God's a good God. He's not an evil God. He doesn't do evil things to his children. He's not a torturous child abuser, and he does know the future. So when he leads us, that's why I'm reading you this, Isaiah 48, 17. I'm the Lord your God who teaches you to profit and leads you in the way you should go. What's the way you should go? The way that's going to take you to profit. Obviously. (laughs) Psalm 1, Psalm 112, Proverbs 3, Proverbs 4, Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be what? Added to you. Not taken away from you. Added. Let me ask you. What things was God taught, was Christ talking about in Matthew 6? Was he talking about spiritual things? Or in context, was he asking the question about what heathens say? What will we eat? What will we wear? How will we live? What, where, what will we live in? And he said, don't be worried about those things. Those are the things that consume the minds of unbelievers. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things, the things are natural things will be what added to you. If you're seeking his leading, if you're seeking the kingdom, 
Guess what it brings? Addition and multiplication, not subtraction and division. I mean, I, I can't make it any plainer than that. He teaches you to profit, to go higher, to increase. We've been quoting this, Isaiah chapter 40 and uh, verse 31. I've been standing on this for the new year. But they who wait upon the Lord, that word wait means to be bound together with, bound together with what he says I do, to serve him. Those that wait upon the Lord, don't think about wait like this, think about wait like this. Think about a waiter, not somebody who's irritated they have to wait for somebody who's late. God's not late. He didn't miss the bus. You're waiting upon the Lord. Hello, my name's Ted. I'll be your waiter. I'm serving him, bound together with him. They that wait upon the Lord shall do what? Diminish? No. They'll renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Does that sound like destruction to you? Or does that sound like increase to you? Does that sound like blessing to you? Obviously it's a blessing. It's increase. It's a blessing. Let me tell you, I mean, like David knew this probably better than anybody. All you got to do is look at Psalm 23 at what David wrote. Psalm 23 is telling because it's this same thought process of being led by the shepherd. He's our shepherd, the great shepherd. Listen to it. The Lord is my shepherd. What's the result of that? Stop right there. What's the result of the Lord being your shepherd? I will not lack. I will not want. To be in want is to be in lack. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What's the result of the Lord being your shepherd? Is it you going into lack? Is it you diminishing? Is it you being destroyed? No, the Lord is my shepherd. As a result, I will not lack. That's, that's the whole point. So I don't know where people are getting off writing this stuff on Facebook and confessing this stuff. God never promised every year would be greater than the last. Oh, he didn't? Might as well throw your Bible away because you obviously don't read it. You don't read it. Quit going to conferences for your entire life and pick up a Bible and read what it actually says. If you listen to every one of these Tom's wearing, latte drinking, fedora sporting geniuses in a pulpit that'll tell you how hard life is, you'll always have a hard life. Instead, pick up a Bible, crack it open and see what it says. The Lord is my shepherd. As a result, I won't lack. Not going to lack. He makes me to lie down. In what? Green pastures. Does it say burnout pastures where there's nothing to eat? Brown, stiff grass? Or is it green, lush pastures? It's exactly what it is. Then what? Leads me beside still waters, heavily rushing waters that spook you. That's what the point, if you understand this, what he's talking about sheep. I read a book about uh, shepherding by a shepherd who said the reason we have to lead by still waters is because sheep are easily spooked and they can't rest if they're spooked. So we lead them besides, beside still waters and then they're peaceful. 
That's what he's doing. He's leading you into peace. Still waters. He restores my soul. Does he afflict your soul or does he restore your soul? He restores it. He doesn't afflict it. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no. We walked through the valley of the shadow of death in 2020. We walked through it. We didn't stop and dwell there. We didn't pitch a tent, buy a house there. We walked through it, but we didn't have to fear any evil. Why? He's with us. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. That's the key. Then look at this. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies (laughs) and anoint my head with oil. Glory to God. My cup overflows. Sounds like increase to me. I'm, I'm reading this with an open mind, trying to look for where these people are finding the decrease and finding the calamity and finding the confusion and finding the destruction. I'm not seeing it. Not seeing it. I'm seeing that he prepares a table before you. I'm seeing lush pastures, still waters, restoring of your soul. I'm seeing anointing of my head with oil, my overflowing cup. That's what I'm seeing from God's shepherding ability. Surely, what's going to follow me in 2021? What will follow me in 2021? Goodness, mercy, not just in 2021, all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That means there'll never be a time I have to be out of the presence of God. (laughs) Hallelujah. There will never be a time where I am out of the presence of God. Never. Never. And in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand, pleasures forevermore. That's key. Pleasures forevermore. (laughs) I mean, you can't rightly divide scripture and think you can say that God leads you into decrease, that he leads you into destruction, that he's trying to take things out of your life and destroy... God doesn't operate like that. He's a God who blesses his children. Let me finish here before I pray for you. Deuteronomy 28. Go to Deuteronomy 28. Look at this. The Bible says, I'm just going to read through it. I'm just going to straight up read through it under a worse covenant. By the way, this was a worse covenant than we have today established on promises that were not as good as the ones we have today. We, according to Hebrews chapter nine, have a better covenant established upon better promises. So let me just read it. Deuteronomy 28, one through 14. And if you, and once again, before I read it, these are all people. None of these things are being said to Christians. It's being said to Old Testament saints, those that are followers of God before there was true redemption. So if it was this good for them without Christ, imagine how it is for you with Christ. And if you faithfully obey, notice it's cause and effect. It's not, I'm going to sovereignly put these things on you because you're Israel. If you'll obey, 
the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed will you be in the city. Blessed will you be in the field. Blessed will be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Blessed will be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed will you be when you come in and blessed will you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. They will come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. And the Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns and all that you undertake. He'll bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a people holy to himself as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, And all the people of the earth will see that you're called by the name of the Lord and they'll be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity, in the fruit of your womb and in the fruit of your livestock and the fruit of your ground within the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. And the Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. And you'll lend to many nations and you'll not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you'll only go up and not down if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, being careful to do them. And if you do not turn aside from any of the words I command you today to the right hand or the left to go after other gods to serve them. Worse covenant, worse promises, but all those things were still true. We have a better covenant, better promises. We have Christ's blood. We have total redemption. And now we are standing in a place where God's made plans to lead us and guide us into his supernatural abundance and increase. Hear what I'm saying. It depends upon your faithfulness. I'm not saying that God's going to automatically make every person abound in 2021. It doesn't work like that in any year. The way it works is that God's eyes search the earth to and fro for faithful people. Those whose hearts are loyal to him. And then he shows himself strong and mighty on their behalf. That's how cause and effect in the kingdom works. He's looking for faithfulness. When he finds it, he blesses it. He's looking for faithfulness. When he finds it, he blesses it. (laughs) Put it in the comments. God blesses faithfulness when he finds it. God blesses faithfulness when he finds it. Hallelujah. Stephen is asking in the comments, what are the commands that God wants us to do in the new covenant? Live holy, number one. Be a person of prayer and fasting. Be a person who gives faithfully and, and, and in faith, by the way, be a person who's faithful. Here's something, be a person who does what God has called you to do in your personal purpose in your life. Obey the commands of scripture. You know, holiness is literally just obeying the word of God. That's all it is. If you'll do that, live free from sin and do the things he's commanded you to do, blessing comes upon you. 
supernatural blessing comes upon you. So understand, God blesses faithfulness when he finds it. And he's looking for you. He's looking for me. He's looking for that kind of faithfulness. And let me tell you, so what are we doing? Here's the question before I pray. What are we doing? We are making sure that we put ourselves in position to be blessed. That's what we're, that's what we're doing. We're ensuring that we put ourselves in position to be blessed. One of my prayer points is, Lord, don't let January come to an end and me be out of position to receive promotion. Don't let me be out of position to receive your promotion before January comes to an end. Make sure, Lord, let me, give me the grace, give me the power, give me the favor to be in position. Strengthen me to obey you, to be in position to receive your promotion before this month comes to an end. Because why? We have to initiate his blessing by our obedience and by our faithfulness. Obedience and faithfulness. So what are we going to do? How are we taking practical steps? Well, we're, we're pursuing him in every way that we can. Obviously, you guys are faithful to be on the broadcast every day. You're receiving preaching and teaching. That's something we're to do. But also, we've created now this Bible reading plan to start the first quarter of the year right. We want to go through and read the whole Bible. We're pursuing his word. The entrance of his word brings light, gives understanding to the simple. The word of God does so much, brings health to your body, joy to your soul, prosperity to your life, ministry, business. And so we're pursuing God by reading his word. By the way, if you haven't downloaded or gotten the new uh, Bible reading plan, the 90-day Bible reading plan, go get it today. We're starting. MiracleWord.com forward slash study. Get your 90-day plan and get in with us cover to cover in 90 days. Say, man, that's, that seems like a lot. Yeah, it seems like a lot. You know why? We're expecting a lot. We're expecting a lot. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to do a lot. Really? You guys aren't going to eat any food for 21 days. You guys aren't going to eat any food at all. You're just going to drink liquid. Yes. We're expecting a lot. So we're going to do a lot. Our level of dedication is going to match our level of expectation. See that, please see that today. My expectation has to be matched by my dedication. We would, why would we ever sit back and say, I'm just gonna keep living life the way I've always lived it and just expect God to do different things. It doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. If I wanna see greater results in my life, I'm going to take greater actions of faithfulness. Why is it that we understand that in the secular world, but we don't um, understand it in the natural world, in the supernatural world? You know, if we, we know if we want our muscles to get bigger, we have to lift more weight or more often. It doesn't just, you can't just lift, choose to either not lift weights or uh, choose to lift what you've always lifted and expect to grow. It doesn't work that way. I saw a question just a bit higher. How quiet should we be about fasting? Erica asks. I put a, 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 in the frequently asked questions section of the book, a complete guide to biblical fasting. I put a, a section because we've been taught for years in church that, uh, you know, you have to not tell anybody you're fasting because what Jesus said in Matthew six, don't be like the hypocrites, but he wasn't saying you can't tell people that you're fasting. He was saying, don't go around broadcasting it for the purpose of seeming extra hyper-spiritual and holier than thou. 
There's going to be times where you have to relay to somebody, I'm fasting right now. Hey, you want to come over for dinner? No, I'm not, I'm not able to at this time. Well, how come? What are you going to lie? You're going to lie to them? I've seen, I've seen conversations get awkward and border on lying because somebody thought they had to keep their fasting a total secret or they'd lose their spiritual reward. And especially if we're in the middle of a corporate fast, guess what? We all know that each other are fasting. We're not losing our reward because we all know that we're fasting. What Jesus was teaching was, he was teaching, don't be prideful and flaunt your fasting so that you can be seen by men and they will say, wow, look how spiritual he is. He's fasting 21 days. I'm not jumping online and bragging. I I want everybody to know I'm on the 18th day of my fast and I'll tell you what. No, we understand we're on a fast together. It's a corporate fast. Obviously, um, personal fasts are different than corporate fasts. We know that. The Bible says, go behind closed doors, shut the door behind you, seek the Lord in private. We're not broadcasting it. In fact, I would encourage you, if you are on a personal fast, not right now, we're on a corporate fast. Everyone knows what we're doing. But let's say in June, God led you to fast and pray for three days. Don't go posting about it on social media. just want you to know I won't be on uh, fa- Facebook for the next three days because I'm fasting and praying. Just go fast and pray. You don't have to tell everybody. Nobody cares anyway that you're not posting for three days. So you understand what I'm saying? So don't feel like, oh my goodness, I'm in danger of losing my spiritual reward because people uh, know I'm fasting. It doesn't work like that. Jesus is talking about pride. Don't be spiritually proud and flaunt and announce your fasting everywhere. But jump in. What are we doing? Positioning ourselves for the best. I'm, I'm getting into his word. This might be the most Bible you've ever read in a day every day in your life. Most people probably haven't read 13 chapters of the Bible every day. But you know what? Good. We're doing something we've never done. We're going further. We're pushing past our flesh and allowing our spirit man to take control and expecting great results from it. We're going to pray an hour a day, at least. We're going to pray at least an hour a day. I give you prayer points to help you. And we're going to do that to ensure we're getting into his presence. I mean, if we're going to not eat food, let's press in. Let's press in. So we're reading, we're praying, we're fasting, we're praising, we're thanking, we're giving. And we're expecting. We're expecting great things. And I'm going to pray for you. But I, don't, I want you to drop that mindset. If you've ever heard it, maybe it was lingering in your spirit because you grew up hearing people talk like that. I wanted to obliterate that thing today. So that you aren't thinking like that. Because if we do think like that, there's no point in dedication. There's no point. If all we're doing is just saying, well, we just, because then what's the point of prayer? If we don't believe God will answer those prayers, why do we even pray? God, I pray that you just bless me in this new year. Why pray that if we can't know that he's willing to bless us? And that if he won't bless us, we think God's going to say, no, actually, I'm not going to bless you. I'm not blessing you. That's not his desire. It's not his desire. Some of you need to go back and re-watch this broadcast again or listen to it on the podcast and just get it into your spirit. Just get it into your spirit. You might have to forward this broadcast to somebody. Some of you are probably already thinking of people that talk like I'm, t- I'm saying today and think like I'm saying today. Hey, listen, Brother Ted dropped a broadcast. It'd be really great for you to listen on the podcast. I think this will really bless you. You don't have to be antagonistic about it. Hey, let me fix your stupid thinking. No, you don't have to to be that person. (laughs) But I mean, at the same time, you might want to share it with somebody. Say, hey, this, I think this would really bless you as we start the year. 
Some people need to hear it. They need to hear it. And it, it, it truly will. Eric said, I've already shared it to a few people. It'll help you. Let me pray for you. We're here on the first day of 21 days of fasting and prayer. Of course, we're off tomorrow. It's Sunday. I'll be preaching in Danville, Virginia. Back again Monday through Saturday next week. And then, of course, as we come home, I'll be joining you at night to do sessions to build your faith and to, to preach to you and give you uh, what the Lord's given me. And so I want you to press in, read, pray, study, get into his presence. You will have to cut some things out. It's not a time to be binge watching shows or watching movies or playing video games or, you know, spending all your time on social media. You do need to back off of some of those things and use wisdom. It is good. Remove distractions, as we said before, press into God's presence. Let me pray for you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I'm praying for every person that's watching or listening to me today. Strengthen their spirit supernaturally. Give them a hunger and a desire to seek your face in this month of January as we prepare ourselves for the greatest year that we've ever had. It will be well with the righteous because we will eat the fruit of our deeds in Jesus' name. And so, Lord, empower us to subdue the flesh, empower us to be led by your spirit. Let us clearly hear your voice at the beginning of this year. Guide us and lead us so that we make the right choices in 2021 and we eat the fruit of those deeds in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, expand us on every side. We thank you that this will be the most impactful year we've ever had. We're going to run in 2021 in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you. We give you glory and we give you praise. If you believe that prayer today, throw some fire or some emoji hands up in the comment section and shout amen wherever you're watching from. Scare somebody in the cubicle next to you at work. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. It's going to be a great, great year. It's going to be a great year. And I'll tell you, we're, we're stretching out to do more than we've done. And you're a part of that. And today, in this final moments of this broadcast, I'm going to offer you an opportunity to sow a seed by faith. I want to offer you an opportunity to get involved. Part of what we're doing to press in. It's not just prayer. It's not just study. It's not just fasting. It's not just praise, but it is also sowing. When Jesus dealt with these things in Matthew 6, he talked about three things. When you give, when you pray, when you fast. Three things he dealt with in his Sermon on the Mount. When you give, when you pray, when you fast. And we're praying already. We're fasting already. But will you position yourself for increase financially in 2021? Will you position yourself to see debt canceled? To see uh, the place where you overflow in your business, overflow in your ministry, overflow in your family, that all lack is gone, poverty has to run out the back door? How do you make that happen? You initiate God's blessing by sowing seeds of faith. And so today, on the first day of this fast, make it significant and sow a seed today. You can go to miracleword.com. All of the ways to give are there on the give page. You can use Cash App in the United States. You can use PayPal. You can use Venmo. If you're on Periscope, Twitter, or Facebook, you can use hashtag donate and the amount you'd like to give. Or you can simply use the website, miracleword.com, and you can use a credit or debit card there on the site and sow a seed or partner with us monthly. 
But I'm telling you, as we begin this fast today, it's a significant moment to initiate the blessing God has planned for you. How do you do it? By faith, you sow a seed. What does it mean to sow a seed by faith? It means to do something that moves your faith, that moves you past your flesh into the spirit realm. Don't do what you think you can do. Do what the spirit tells you to do. That's how you'll be blessed. Don't ever do just what you think you can do. Let me tell you, I can tell you from first experience, even just, thank you Fabiola for sowing. Even just this last week, as we sowed our uh, first fruits offering for this new year, Carolyn and I sowed an amount that we could have done a lot of things with, including things for this ministry, easily. I mean, largely, sowed largely. It was something that in my natural mind, you think to yourself, man, I could take this amount of money, which is extremely significant, and there's so much I could do. There's so much TV time I could buy with it. So many people I could feed through Feed the Hungry. There's so many things that I could do in the ministry with it. However, I understand the principle that I've got to have seed in the ground to continue to increase. See, that's how your flesh fights against the seeds that God's telling you to sow. Well, I could do this with that money. I could do this with that money. And it's true, you could. You absolutely could. But if you did, you would be eating your seed rather than sowing your seed. And it, and it strips you of your harvest. And so we made up in our mind, don't care what the flesh says. Don't even care what human wisdom says or intellect. We know God's word is true and we will never curb our sowing because that money could be used for something else. You could always make that argument. You could always say that, but you have to put God first. And as you do, guess what? There's going to be a violent increase that continues to come to you. You're going to see impact like you've never seen in 2021. So I want to encourage you, take today, first day of the fast, and sow a seed by faith. Watch what God will do in you. This is going to be our year of increase, debt cancellation, building wealth for the kingdom of God. I'm very very excited. The brand new book is available, A Complete Guide to Biblical Fasting. As we start today, grab your copy. You can order a paperback on Amazon, but you can instantly get the book at Kindle for ebook or Apple Books for ebook as well. And can I encourage you to do something for me as a favor to me? Is that as you read this book, would you please leave me a review on Amazon.com? so that people who are searching in this uh, beginning of the year for books on fasting will understand this is something that will be extremely helpful for them. And I did this on purpose. I, I titled it like that on purpose because I want people to understand that anything they need to know as Christians about fasting, they can find in that book. And uh, your reviews will help them. And it'll help me to get this message out to people. I want to see the body of Christ come back to fasting and prayer. Absolutely. So if you don't mind doing that, leave me a review on amazon.com for the, the book. Some people even use Goodreads, I guess. I don't use it, but definitely amazon.com. Um, we have a brand new mission for the kids in the month of January that you can uh, download right now at miraclewordkids.com. And we also have some uh, new videos and things that'll be launching for the kids this year. All new stuff for the kids in 2021. Uh, and we're expanding. Uh, it's gonna, we're going to do more for the kids' ministry than we've ever done. And this is, this is really the second full year for Miracle Word Kids. And we got a lot of great ideas 
that are coming up. Uh, also, again, if you missed it and you don't have um, the Bible reading plan yet, go to miracleword.com forward slash study and uh, you can download the reading plan absolutely free. Jump in with us. We're reading the Bible in 90 days and uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to blow your spirit up to a new level. I'm very excited about that. Um, Carolyn dropped some awesome new shirts and a hoodie that are available in the store and they're only available while we have them lasting. These are going quick, but the brand new shirts, the long sleeve tees in pink and sandstone. And then of course that awesome hoodie in black, the do not fear hoodie. Both those are available at shop.miracleword.com and uh, you can get a hold of those. Uh, I don't know how many we have left, but it's first come first serve. Grab yours, we'll get it out to you. Um, ASAP. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything I'm missing, Tiff. Is there anything I am missing? Ah, yes. The brand new magazine is getting ready to ship. And if you don't receive this magazine, this is an amazing addition for you to get started on. Uh, run into 2021. Our word is in this edition. Carolyn wrote a phenomenal article. Tiffany wrote a phenomenal article. This is a great edition. Go to miracleword.com forward slash live, sign up, and we'll uh, get it to you as soon as it's available to ship. And if you're overseas, we're going to send you a digital copy of the magazine that you can read on your phone, tablet, computer, whatever. And uh, that's exactly what I want you to do today if you're not getting this. If you already get it, you're going to be receiving this edition very, very soon to start the year. I love you guys so much. Thank you for hanging with me. Thank you for standing with me. I'm encouraging you. <laughs> Resist all urge to eat and, um, and stay on the fast. I know the first few days, by the way, the first few days are the hardest when it comes to hunger for your body. But if you're faithful to just drink liquids, that hunger does subside. I mean, it does go down. And so uh, don't let yourself break. The first three days are usually the hardest to get the temptations out. But I'm telling you what will help you. Fast while you're fasting. Read the word and pray. Listen to worship. Stay in God's presence. Uh, subdue the flesh. But jump in with us for these next 21 days and fast and pray. God's going to do some amazing things in you for this new year of 2021. I love you. We'll be back again on uh, Monday morning, uh, 10.30 all the way through Saturday, all through the fast. And then when I'm back in the studio, we're gonna jump in with some night broadcasts as well. We start in Danville, Virginia tomorrow in the morning. All the details are at miracleword.com uh, forward slash schedule. If you can get there, get there. I wanna see you in person, uh, especially during the fast. Take a road trip. Get into these revivals and uh, watch what God will do in your life. I love you. Have a phenomenal day. And I'll talk to you again on Monday. Love you guys. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.